Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. No one speaks with as much certainty as someone who doesn't know what he's talking about. But someone who truly is an authority speaks from calm confidence. When Jesus speaks, that calm confidence comes through as peace in even the most turbulent times. I'm calling episode 61, Didn't Our Hearts Burn? Shortly after the release of the movie Man in Black back in 1997, a man was in a cafe and overheard two women in the booth next to his discussing the movie. He posted about this encounter on Twitter. He said, At the cafe where I'm writing, the people next to me were disagreeing about the origins of Men in Black, and I said, If you'd like, I could clear that up for you. And one responded, I'm sorry, we do not need an old white male's mansplanation. So I apologized, and that was that. What the woman didn't know was that the old white male was Ed Solomon, the person who wrote Men in Black. They had no idea that they had missed an opportunity to learn everything they had wondered about Men in Black because they had read the situation incorrectly. Today's episode is about a similar conversation found near the end of the Gospel of Luke. But fortunately, they didn't miss their chance to listen to the one who had the answer to all of their questions. I'm reading Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 13 through 33. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. 
Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord really has risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. Imagine the confusion that those who had followed Jesus' ministry were dealing with. He seemed to be so good. He spoke kindly to hurting people. He wasn't impressed or intimidated by the rich and powerful. He healed the sick. He fed multitudes. And he had been killed. Being killed by the Roman authorities wouldn't have been a surprise. They were known for doing that sort of thing. But this killing was instigated by their own religious leaders, the ones they were raised to respect and listen to. They had always done their best to follow the rules their leaders had established. Everything you saw and heard about Jesus looked like he was doing good, but they said that everything he did was bad. And you saw him with your own eyes as the charges were leveled against him at the high priest's insistence. You saw him as he was whipped, beaten, and then nailed to the cross. You watched as he took his last breath. It appeared that it was over. Whatever you thought of him then, he's gone now. But just before you left for home, you heard from someone close to him that he was alive again. Or at least his body was gone from the tomb. What in the world is going on? You thought you had things figured out. You thought he was the Messiah. And then he was killed at the urging of the people who taught you to look for the Messiah. So I guess he wasn't the Messiah. And now his body is missing? You don't know what's going on. It's all so crazy and confusing and a whole lot scary. So as you're walking back home, you're trying to process all of this when someone you don't know comes up and interjects himself in your conversation. A pet peeve of mine, one of many, is for someone to come to a conversation that I'm having with someone else and wanting to be caught up on whatever we've been talking about. But instead of them being annoyed by this intrusion... They were probably more than a little suspicious of this stranger who overheard their conversation and got involved. Could he really be this clueless about this huge event? It was a major disruption, and they had to be worried that there would be repercussions. For a long time, the religious leaders had been cautious about their approach to Jesus, 
because they were worried that public opinion would be against them if they moved too quickly. But now there had been a public trial, and they had convinced a Roman magistrate that killing Jesus was justified, so they were all in now. Now that he had been renounced, there would likely be retaliation against those who had publicly been supporters of Jesus. So, was it safe to talk to this guy? He might actually be gathering intel that could be used against them in the very near future. But rather than finding this stranger to be a threat, they found his words brought them comfort and maybe even hope as he began explaining to them from the writings of Moses and the prophets that the things that happened to Jesus happened exactly as they had been foretold. They realized that they had been reading these prophecies all wrong and that what happened to Jesus was exactly according to God's plan. As he spoke, they felt a strange warming of their hearts that replaced the cold fear that their uncertainty had produced. As they got close to home, the stranger said that he was going on, but they insisted that he stay the night with them. There was something about him that made them feel better. He exhibited a calm confidence that was much more attractive than the loud certainty that came from their leaders. As the stranger sat down to dinner with them, he asked a blessing over the meal and broke the bread. Something in the way he did this reminded them of Jesus, and suddenly they realized that it had been Jesus talking to them all along. He is alive! And just like that, he disappeared but they were left with a renewed hope and excitement. Jesus sees world events much differently than we do. He knows how every event fits into his plan for all of mankind. He is never defeated. He is never caught by surprise. He is never out of ideas and he never runs out of resources. He knows how it all turns out. We figure it out day by day, sometimes minute by minute. But we obsess and worry about the wrong things. We look through the wrong end of the telescope. When we start looking at God through the lens of current events, he looks small and weak. But if we look at current events through the lens of who we know God to be, then those events seem small and much less consequential. His followers thought that Jesus was the one who would defeat the ungodly influences of the world, and it looked to them like the ungodly defeated him. They saw only that the ungodly crucified Jesus, even as they had hoped that he would redeem Israel. But God saw that the ungodly crucified Jesus, and that is how he redeemed Israel, and indeed the entire world, that was the plan all along, and it came together with the resurrection. After their conversation with Jesus, they realized that they had been reading it wrong all those years. They had been reading it as a long story of how God would redeem Israel from suffering. But instead, it was the story of how God would redeem Israel by suffering, particularly suffering by the Chosen One, the Messiah, Jesus. As Jesus talked to them, he didn't just pick out a few scriptures. He showed them that from the very beginning, this was God's plan. 
No wonder their hearts were warmed as Jesus reminded them of God's unchanging love, His unceasing presence, and His uncontested power. Now it was time to learn how to live in this newfound freedom that is not conditioned by political outcomes, governmental systems, or economic opportunity. It is freedom that knows that no matter how bleak situations might seem, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As the old hymn says, His love has no limit, His grace has no measure, and His power has no boundary known unto man. So what did they do with this new perspective? Remember, it was a seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to their home, and it was the end of the day. But Scripture says that they got right back up and walked back to Jerusalem to share this good news with the other believers. And then they found out that they weren't the only ones who had seen Jesus. A new day was here. New life was here. Yes, the Romans still ruled over Israel. The religious authorities, yes, they were still celebrating the crucifixion. Nothing outside had changed, but knowing that Jesus is alive was all they needed. They had hope. They had peace. They had Jesus. So they could face anything that the world might throw at them. There is much from this story that can bring comfort and hope to us even today. Because there is a lot going on in this world that can cause you to be discouraged and fearful or even depressed. But when you know that you serve a risen Savior who has a plan and that none of the loud voices in this world can change God's plan, then it doesn't matter what's going on or who claims to be in charge. We, just as the disciples, have all we need. We have hope. We have peace because we have Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.